0: Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's flooding! Get away! Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates! <laughs> you know that feeling of emptiness and hopelessness?
1: <laughs> Barbie doesn't
0: that comes when you approach the end of a good tv series or something
1: oh that i hate that feeling dude i was specifically i was just talking to my brother about this right we were talking about uh video games though right and it was like when you get close to the end of a good video game what was it tears of the kingdom no it's no it's actually ragnarok uh oh. <laughs> Oh, for you. Yeah. When you get close to the end of a good video game, though, right? Like, I have found myself purposefully not watching a TV show or playing a video game anymore when I know I'm close to the end because I don't want it to be over.
0: (laughs) Right now, I'm torn.
1: Right? So... You're not playing Tears of a Kingdom. You're just crafting. Stop
0: it! <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm playing Tears of a Kingdom. You're not I
1: mean, playing the story. You're just seeing what kind of wild shit you can build to see, torture all I, of the fucking. Earlier
0: this morning, I, I did the fire dungeon, and then, spoiler alert. Du-du. I needed to find a fifth sage all of a sudden
1: all of a sudden there was a fifth sage so that was had to go on his page. down into the
0: chasm and find the fifth sage who by the way is a fucking robot
1: <laughs> well okay i would be a little surprised <clears throat> that there were robots in zelda if i had not already played uh, breath of the wild people were building their own mechs and everything yeah and i it,
0: I think it's hilarious that the last like sage ability they give you is just actually a walking bag <laughs> that you can equip stuff to, and it's hey. like I don't know if it was their underestimating players' ingenuity, underestimating oh the no proliferation of people's ingenuity. I don't or think if they were just like no you tried, but we're gonna give you a mech anyway. <laughs>
1: No, um, so after reading like a couple of articles on the production of the game, it seemed like what the developers did was put in a formula that allowed for the basic mechanics of anything to be possible. Right, (laughs) Because they wanted to see what kind of wild shit people would come up with. It wasn't a, oh, we didn't think y'all would do it. It's a, ooh, what are y'all going to do now?
0: (laughs) One of the jokes when Tears of a Kingdom came out, I was telling people, I was like, all of the laws of nature apply in Tears of a Kingdom.
1: All of them? see cause it's it's been a long time since I've played a Zelda game right um so when I was playing Breath of the Wild and I ran up that mountain and this nigga started to get cold I was like (laughs) bitch what you mean you cold (laughs) hold on I'm sorry I've been playing God of War Kratos be all up in them mountains with like just fucking like shoulder like pads on legs like 5'10 180 (laughs) I know I know Can you imagine them two fucking running into each (laughs) other?
0: (laughs) Yo, Kratos looks down at Link. What's up, punk? Link looks up at Kratos, vaguely gestures without sound, anything.
1: (laughs) And Kratos is, do you not speak? No, no, no,
0: no, no. no. Kratos perfectly understands him. Because at this point you've played you've played Breath of the Wild yeah, enough to no. see that like full on gets into conversations.
1: Also, I've I've played God of War enough that to know that Kratos doesn't have to like actually see things or listen to things speak in order to <laughs> just do shit for them, right? Boy. He takes on Quest for no like this angry dude just be taking on Quest for no reason and you're like, why are you helping these people? It is
0: Another connection between God of War and uh, Zelda the like, I guess this is a spoiler for all. of I people. feel
1: like that's the dichotomy of this podcast: is Legend of Zelda and God of War.
0: Okay, I'm cool with that. Two of the best game franchises ever.
1: No, I, know. I know. I just think that that's that's perfect. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Atreus, when I was playing God of War for the first time, I'm like, oh shit, this is like a companion that doesn't fucking suck. Yeah. Well, no. like a companion you're responsible for.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do feel like okay. When the companion aspect was introduced in the God of War franchise, right, it was it, first of all it's something Well
0: let's go back to the first companions that were awful. Like Crash Bandicoot levels and things where you had to like protect somebody. Oh well they would yeah. all they, they I wouldn't follow like directions like at all.
1: Escort missions are different from like companions. I feel like but when you're resp- okay so when you're responsible for your
0: companion's well-being yeah so when Resident Evil 4 came out I felt like that whole escort mission style changed when they made Ashley have the ability to duck when you're aiming at her <laughs> that was a game changer we <laughs> yeah, were like bro. oh my god Ashley is
1: so smart Escort missions are universally hated for the specific reason that the the thing or person that you are escorting is always a hindrance is always like getting in the way it almost seems like they're they're programmed to be until insufficient. like god of war
0: and at atreus
1: is super fucking useful well that's what I, I, companions however are different and i can't think of too many video games off other than like donkey kong right where you have yeah. like a companion aspect like even when you're playing single player you can still use diddy for a certain, unlike Banjo-Kazooie, like uh, those games. And so when you're used to God of War being like the hack and slash puzzle franchise that it is, the the idea of having a companion almost to me felt like it was going to be more of a hindrance, right? Like I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be like a cheesy gimmicky kind of thing. But the story that they tell with Kratos and Atreus made up a lot for that And Atreus, the character, the gameplay with the character Atreus, wasn't, like, cheesy or it didn't feel, like, shoehorned.
0: No, it's straight strategic. Like, that's...
1: so. It is more of a strategic advantage that you can use, especially when you're getting, like, fucking hoarded by uh, enemies and stuff like that. Which
0: is awesome that in Tears of Kingdom, once you (laughs) unlock all of these sages, they, like, float around. You can turn them on and off, but you can have... Like, they fight with you. So you're actually like, rolling deep.
1: Yeah. No, that's sick. Yeah. So,
0: like, it'll be me, my robot, my little bird homie, my Zora homie, my Garuda girl, and, uh, the little Goron dude.
1: Oh, what's the JoJo shit? It's like...
0: Stands. stands. Yeah. They're basically like Stands, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they just come out and they start fighting and I thought it would be like, oh, yeah, they, you know, shoot an ability every now and then. No, enemies focus them sometimes and I'm like oh shit you're so legitimately
1: the, giving me an opening distract, <laughs> nah, I mean it's, it's crazy what you can do now the level of possibility in gaming is just rising up and crashing through with that long preamble you are finally back to your favorite weekly pop culture digest you know the one taking the news happening around us and discussing how it's shaping the culture defines us with our pop perspective to put the culture in context and make the mainstream make sense this is because if we don't
0: make sense we don't make dollars Dollars. by the way we
1: are the flood. holla and that's ziggy and we are this is your cue once again to like and subscribe thank you for joining us again this week. you think we're done talking about Tears of the Kingdom... <laughs> and there's also a lot to talk about this week. You know, conservatives have found another thing to be mad at and this time it's one of their allies. Uh, E2, the, <laughs> <It's a birthday. laughs> Martin Scorsese is talking about doing another Jesus movie. Millennials and Gen Z are deciding to take down a- another tradition. LA County might be charging people to use the freeway, and all kinds of other crazy clickbaity headlines, but before we get into that, you know how we like to start things off, and that's by taking a look at what you guys have been listening to.
0: And this week's hit on the algorithm is... Where She Goes by Bad Bunny.
1: Man, listen, uh, Bad Bunny has been fucking absolutely dominating you were just saying you were like i
0: wonder what it would be like if we took you to a reggaeton club i'm like
1: (laughs) you would definitely hear some bad bunny anybody who is like that there was that meme how is bad bunny the number one uh artist right now being played across the world and i've never heard a bad bunny song and it's like well, I mean, maybe you need to get from under that rock, but <laughs> maybe maybe get from under that rock. Uh, you know, the, I know a lot of people who can't stand or they they sit in that camp of people who can't stand modern music. Right. And there, oh, yeah, there is something to be said about even rap music, uh, especially as it has entered the sphere of pop music has become extremely formulaic and it does feel like how long like, does someone have to hold that opinion
0: before they just are considered a curmudgeon
1: right because i like always been holding
0: that position for 20 years really 20 years i always no good music for tw- 20 years I, I
1: always counter with are you really looking because i don't feel like i actually have to look that hard for independent artists who are still making genuinely thoughtful and thought out music, right? Who are still making quote unquote art, who are still taking this craft and this tradition and this art form seriously. If you want to be lazy, I'm sorry MTV doesn't play music videos
0: anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm right? going to see like, what I think is one of the best bands in the world. And uh right if you're waiting. I'm seeing one of my favorite and who I think are one of the most talented bands in the world, the Amazons, on the seventh, which is three days from now.
1: Hey, shout out to the shout out to the fucking in-house shows, right? Because that's a house show. Right? Like they are not
0: selling through Ticketmaster. No, when was the
1: last like And because of that
0: they're not getting nearly the publicity or attention? People complain like all the time. They are so Good. fucking
1: they're good people good. complain all the time that rock music is dead right and i'm like well are when was the last time you've been to a house show when was the last time i i it's been a while for me yeah, i'm not gonna sit the, up here this in place front. is like but the like, basement of a, a a pub with this is the perfect time to really start supporting the indie scene again now like that things maryland's like
0: maryland's own pulp noir shout out
1: Rath. yeah because they got a fucking show coming up Yep. Right? Like, shout out to Friend of the Pod, uh, Raph, and Pulp Noir. Yep. They have a show coming up. Caffeine Rush
0: also has a show coming up.
1: Um, This is the perfect time for all of you fucking mouth breathers who love to just complain that the system has ruined everything and art is dead and they've co-opted burning man and they've gentrified coachella like (laughs) you can't get cheap tickets anywhere right now is the time to support your local industries because they are like they are breathing life into music right now especially with like this post-covid scene going on um there has really been a resurgence for independent local venues who are trying to make the scene, like, thrive again, yeah, right? so... Like, oh, God damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, who are really trying to, like, cut through all of that mainstream bullshit.
0: The Amazon show, they're not selling through Ticketmaster or Live Nation or Ticket Nation, whatever yeah. the fuck they want to call themselves now. They're the same company. Uh, they sold through this app called Dice. And the ticket after tax and service fees was nineteen dollars and eighty four cents, which kind of was a red flag for me. I'm gonna like be like the Jay Z gift, rock it out, and then look it up for an asteroid. Like, yeah. like
1: uh, uh, did y'all did y'all do that on purpose? Was that was that on purpose? The nineteen eighty four thing. Yeah, but uh, no,
0: we uh, th- that's actually gonna be like a little uh, flood fam show. Falcon's gonna be there. Young Callum's gonna be there. Little Beast Light yeah, Keeper's gonna be
1: there. And, and listen, if y'all wanna show up and support local music, then y'all can show up and see Zig, right? So. Uh,
0: well, by then, it will be over.
1: But I
0: oh, will well, tell you. Enough. Yeah. Max, <laughs> you missed a hell of a show.
1: <laughs> y'all missed a hell of a show. We just got that part out, right? <laughs> I guess that would have been good for last week's episode.
0: Or it was a bad show, but I. I'm not going to say that it was a bad show. It was a good show. It was the best show. It was the bigliest of shows.
1: Oh, man. Speaking of bigliest, Trump just keeps getting in biglier and biglier uh, trouble, right? Digging a biglier and biglier hole. A deeplier and deeplier hole? Um... Man, I just keep seeing all kinds of new, like, CNN apparently just dropped a new, like, bombshell when it comes to uh, the allegations against him trying to oh, you bribe see another, the Georgia Did you see the other ele- huge
0: name that's leaving Fox? No, who? Shannon Sharp.
1: Oh. <laughs> From Trump news to Sharp news. Hey, listen.
0: FS1. Is going to be buying out Uncle Shannon.
1: FS1. Uh, so
0: Fox Sports
1: One. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So they're buying out his contract and saying goodbye to. Yeah. Him. Oh, that's okay. I get. I get you now. I get you now. So you're saying <laughs> they're like. And it's. We it's, can't. We can't do this anymore. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the other way around. I can't do this anymore. Oh, you think Shannon is like? <laughs> Listen. It seems like black sports media is kind of had enough of it, right? And the only one who's still remaining on that ship is Stephen A. Smith.
0: I feel like we should take a break because you need to see this clip. Good to see you, Shannon.
2: I understand. Do you have something you want to share this morning? Good morning. Yes. Morning. Uh, There's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. As a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field, so it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily, and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yep. time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me- All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. You well, could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let. Me, I, 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 I am you going to bring say, no, up No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your t- uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations, so clearly... No, they did not have... nobody. Let's go, went. Jen. Thoughts and prayers remain with DeMar Hamlin. That's the where the focus should have been, and continues. not on a football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Uncle Shannon's getting bought out by Fox. No, I mean, listen. I get it. After seeing that clip Right, and there's tons of them of him and Skip. Right, we're just not seeing eye to eye, and 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 that's putting it lightly. I saw there was a
0: uh, a bit from the Stephen A. Smith his like radio show, which isn't sponsored by ESPN.
1: So mm-hmm. he actually, yeah. I heard him say shit. Oh, oh, you mean Stephen? Because is- I'm
0: so used to him saying, "I don't give a damn." <laughs> so when he was like. I don't give a shit. I was like, oh, oh my God.
1: Oh, my God. It's like hearing Steve. I was by Steve- Stephen A., and I
0: feel like it wasn't that bad.
1: It's like hearing Steve Harvey cause, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, he, he was talking about working with Skip from experience. Mm. And he mm. said, there are certain things you just don't come back from. And what I saw that day on public television live, you don't come back from.
1: Yeah, no, dude, it that that's why I asked you, was this live? Right? Yep. Because there's I feel like there would have been a difference in Fox Sports choosing to air that versus them having that discussion and there was no choice to cut away from camera, right? Like it that was real. Yeah. Right? Like that that and, and I just feel like there's no reconciling.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we were watching the clip and I was like, right here is where Skip fucked up.
1: Yeah, and refused to reconcile. That's why I said there's no reconciling that because Skip said right then and there I'm standing ten toes on what I said. <laughs> like, and and Shannon was like, alright, I'm not even really trying to talk about that. I'm not. I'm not trying to talk about it. I was just trying to give my thoughts and prayers To this player who suffered a horrific injury, and you want to talk about the game. That's the difference. When you have actual players as correspondents for these events who know the kinds of things that these dudes are really going through, right? It's
0: It's all about the game until it's not.
1: Yeah. Versus somebody who is who just sees it as a journalistic avenue. Right. Um, and you need both. You do need both. Right? But, with all due respect, that shit was fucked up.
0: I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, the, the idea of seeing Brian Windhorst play basketball is wildly entertaining to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Skip Bayless in shoulder
0: pads? <laughs> uh, he probably would post an, an Instagram selfie.
1: No, like, and it's say, "I'm a beast." Right, like a golf polo. Yeah, no, I get totally see.
0: Here's the thing, though. Like the uh, debate sports talk show exists because of Skip Bayless.
1: So you're saying Skip Bayless is the reason why?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Skip Bayless was doing it with Stephen A. back in. 2013. Before that, if we go even farther back, he was doing it with Woody Page on Cold Pizza every morning.
1: Damn. Damn. Do That's you remember that? Cut. No, absolutely not. That's yeah. why I said it's a deep cut.
0: Yeah. First Take used to be called Cold Pizza, and that was a sports variety show, and First Take was still kind of a variety show. First Take became its own thing. Get Up Now Lives because cold
1: pizza died. <laughs> so what you're saying is is that Skip's attribution to sports talk media as we know it today cannot be denied. No. Right. But in this specific instance, I think it is unanimously decided that Skip had the flaming take that may have just cost him his partnership right so now he sits in the lanes where what's fox sports gonna do with him right
0: so sports debate shows are great right because it's a well it's because it's a parasocial it's... way to have the barbershop conversation yes right? yes and you've seen it adopted a news media where you just have people fighting from two different sides the difference in sports media, which oh, makes well, the game yeah, no. shows fun, is because, you know, the results are largely inconsequential to everybody's actual everyday life.
1: Yeah, no. And,
0: you know, if you just say, oh, you are a fan of that other team, is different than saying, oh, you're just a Nazi.
1: I feel like sports media was the way to have that, like you said, parasocial conversation everybody is having after the game Do you think right like it John is Jon Stewart it, wouldn't have a problem with Crossfire if it was on ESPN no no but that's the issue with politics right and news media is they have gamified and sportsified wwe the fucking everything is the WWE now right everything thanks thanks Vince thank you Vince cause now everything is the WWE um and and it's not great for the Republican party, it's not great for the Democratic party and it hasn't been great for news media and the 24-hour news cycle, right? That is now completely dominated by all these fucking just also ridiculous Will is a walking example yeah. of
0: if you can't make it as a sports journalist, at least you can be a conservative talking head.
1: So do you think do you think that's where Skip Bayless goes next? I think
0: that's where Skip Bayless would thrive if that's where it happened.
1: Do you think he goes to Fox News or do you think he goes to CNN?
0: No, I think he stays right where he
1: is. At Fox I just don't know who's going to... Do you think he takes Tucker Carlson's slot? No, I just think he...
0: Skip <laughs> Bayless
1: doesn't... Can you imagine Skip Bayless going like far right after Shannon Sharpe leaves? And it's like, you know what the real problem with the NFL is? <laughs> the speechless. So I was thinking. I, I was
0: thinking the other day while doing deliveries that, like, you know, if you think about like being a cop as like an RPG, and you're just like farming for materials, Then all of a sudden you get a random like rare drop. Oh, this one is crack with
1: them. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, first of all, I feel like LARPing is what a lot of cops and uh, military guys do. No disrespect, you know who you are. Obviously, I'm not talking about the ones who do it genuinely. But I do feel like, especially nowadays, there's a lot of guys who played Call of Duty, (laughs) right? And we're like, you know what? (laughs) You know what, buddy? You Listen, the last writer's strike, you know what became one of the most popular shows on TV? Cops. It was part of the reason why reality TV is as big as it is now. Um, culture and context. Nope. <laughs> yep. This is your second reminder to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real though, dude, like, how many people do you think how many kids do you think became cops after watching cops i'm not saying there's a correlation i'm just saying that like the way that conservatives like to claim media affects people right uh, but also continue to deny the effects that their indoctrinative media had on them right all i mean if you go back and watch them old timey fucking propaganda disney cartoons where donald duck is dot this nigga donald duck literally has ptsd from his time in the navy dog but we're not we're not talking about that yeah. <laughs> right
0: we're not that actually sounds really interesting yeah. no I mean, like
1: like, There's theories that that's there, like, why Disney he vault? snaps.
0: Is there like Disney vault cartoons that have like having flashbacks and shit like that? Yes.
1: No, no, absolutely not. They're not in the vault either. You can go back and see Donald's like nightmares of like fighting Hitler in World War II. Why? You did not snap? know that. No, dude, you... you, you Cook. No, you, you cook. What? What do you mean? No, this is like I feel like this is common internet knowledge or pop culture knowledge. Well, Donald Duck... The masses that don't know. Uh, Donald Duck was in the navy. That's why he wears the. Well, I know he
0: was in the navy.
1: Yes, uh, during World War II.
0: An old ass duck.
1: Yes. All right, go I on. Mean, yes, I mean retrospectively, like Donald I is a pretty I do know a that. Pretty man used duck.
0: Animation uh, as a way to push.
1: We did too. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, do you know? Do you know how? Okay. To punch
0: Hitler in the mouth.
1: Uh, I was gonna. All right. So, like, here's a tangent, wild tangent. You know how cartoons like got started in America, right? They used to run. They used to be pre-roll ads before movies. Like before cartoons were regularly run in TV household and like households on TV. They were things that you would see in movie theaters before the movie would start, and lots of them were either commercials or propaganda videos. <laughs> Most of them were propaganda videos for, like, joining the military, because a lot of what was happening at that time was, like, World War One and shit like that, and American expansion. So when you would go to the movie theaters to see Gone with the Wind and stuff, a little cartoon would play before like a little fucking like five to like 10 minute cartoon, right? That's where you would see Betty Boop and all of those iconic uh, 1920s Popeye and all of that shit, Mm -hmm. right? And eventually when uh, TVs became more commonplace than households, those beloved movie characters then just transitioned right on into the new media spectrum. Kind of like how Doug, Doug Funny Mm -hmm. from the Nickelodeon cartoon, you know where Doug came from? An orange juice commercial
0: that's so cute
1: <laughs> so like, <inaudible>
0: <yeah>. <inaudible> older kids
1: around that time would have recognized or might have recognized Doug from the orange juice commercials just like when Disney really got rolling into their cartoons and stuff older people would have recognized those characters from going to the fucking movies right and that would have been like your great grandparents at that time like oh I remember Donald Duck from going to see the Nickelodeon films like when Nickelodeon was like you put a nickel into the machine and you stare and like you know what those were used for a lot of the times watching porn (laughs) I'm not shocked and it became one of the Biggest children's TV channels. So, like, <laughs> talk about that groomers. Yeah, that <laughs> nah,
0: dude. Um, you put the ball on the tee. I was just swinging for the fences. Yeah, nope. I listen. That was an alley oop. Yeah. I was I something was yeah. you can't
1: Um I don't remember where I was going with this now, but um, no, Donald Duck fighting Nazis. Oh yeah, no, dude. So, uh, around the time Disney was really like making money. World War II was going on. And Walt Disney, Disney being the patriot he was, was all for taking his property and using it to support the war effort. Right? So they made lots of propaganda films with Disney characters, one of them being Donald Duck. Right? Like, I think they kept Mickey out of it for the most part because they wanted Mickey. be seen as like this family wholesome thing right but they had no problem throwing donald into war (laughs) and there's all kinds of like in the vault racist cartoons where you can see donald fighting japanese the japanese because he's in the navy right and the navy mainly did you know the pacific uh front and all of it right so there's lots of cartoons of Japanese fi- or Donald fighting the Japanese Navy that are extremely offensive, yeah. <laughs> son. Uh, but there's also cartoons of him fighting in the army against like Hitler and the Germans and all of that. Yeah. A lot of people speculate that the reason why Donald is so like aggro and like just fucking like ready to get snap all the time in the regular cartoons is because of his time in the navy and in world war 2 he's got ptsd so this nigga is quick to anger because he hasn't like most world war Two vets gone to fucking therapy <laughs> and segued into our next topic maybe tried a little psychoactive ptsd treatment you know like they've been doing with shrooms and ketamine therapy they've also uh used acid and mdma to treat PTSD uh veterans suffering from ptsd and not just veterans right but people who are maybe like suffering from like sexual abuse or domestic abuse right uh they have been exploring using psychoactive treatments to help people what they find in these clinical studies, uh, you know, drop their inhibitions a little bit, become more more vulnerable, and they're able to talk about their traumas. Just the you know that uh, pullback that you get when you you're talking about things that <clears throat> really bother you deep down inside, right? Like uh, they they are finding that mushroom therapy and uh, MDMA therapy a lot are help a lot with people letting go and there there's even research to prove that psilocybin allows people to form new neuro pathways um when accompanied with therapy so that you can shut off those old triggers that would you know have you get upset about a thing you're now forming new healthier coping pathways with that, right? Um that's why microdosing uh became like a big thing in Silicon Valley because uh the fucking tech nerds felt like it was helping them focus and see problems in a new way. Now, there is a research company out in Washington that is working to combine cannabis and psilocybin into a single compound for (laughs) medical use.
0: It has to be called Superweed.
1: The company uh, CamTech, that's C-A-M, or C-A-A-M Tech, First received a patent in support for their research back in 2021, an article uh, published in Green State uh, two Wednesdays ago explained the company develops pharmaceutical drugs for mental health conditions like depression and OCD disorder and is researching the therapeutic value of psilocybin in combination with cannabis. The CEO, Dr. Andrew, uh, said that from day one, the goal has been for the company to capture as much scientific innovation as possible in the intellectual property portfolio as we develop the next generation of psychedelic drugs, right? Um, Now, when I initially read that in the article, it felt just just a little sketch, right? Like, I, I pulled back just a little bit, right? Because when I I initially started reading about psychedelic therapy uh, for, like, PTSD patients and stuff like that, and you, you get a little bit of that uh, reefer madness, uh, f- like, fever, right? Where yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about people leaning too heavy into any kind of like pharmaceutical right uh when it comes to mental health um but there has been lots of promising research done psychedelic drugs and therapy when you look at the connection with a lot of these psychedelic drugs into like their spiritual aspects and like a lot of their quote unquote traditional uses in the traditional like aboriginal medicines that these uh, drugs were originally discovered in Uh, the more uh, natural ones like mushrooms or ayahuasca uh, ayahuasca or uh, peyote right they are used in you know these kind of transformative traditional like uh, ceremonies and things
0: and NFL trades (laughs)
1: Uh, the article just goes on to, um, you know, discuss a little bit further the connection between uh, cannabinoids and psilocybin and how they work well together as a compound, right? And for anybody who's ever done mushrooms or weed or mushrooms and weed together, <laughs> you would know that it is a very euphoric feeling, right? And it probably is pretty compatible with <laughs> therapy. <laughs> it's not...
0: Alright, no, let's
1: talk see- about your mommy issues.
0: Sure <laughs> but fuck I feel great Yeah, see no
1: that's that's not what it's going to be right really? like I think you know a lot of people will read this article and think that oh yeah that's great they're going to get people fucked up and try to talk to them about like their repressed traumas and stuff like that and it's like that's actually not how clinical psychedelic therapy works right Um, a lot of it is a more controlled dosage right that puts you on the borderline of you of being intoxicated you're never like fucked up fucked up right it's more of like that entry level into just being relaxed enough to be able to discuss things a bit more openly than you were before but they finally were given a patent and permission to jump Into you know, human trials and things like that. So, super drugs that's that's your take on this is just super Super drugs. drugs. I mean, look, I'm always concerned about designer drugs, too, right? Um, but this company is saying that they have you know, isolated the active compounds in the psilocybin and the cannabinoids, and they are hoping to you know combine them in a way that is more conducive to the kind of therapy that we're trying to do now and then like a zoloft right you know uh, what's
0: the joke Zanny bar and a glass of wine
1: a lot of the mental health medications that we have now uh don't necessarily work the way that we would all hope for them to especially when you hear like the medical ads for these things and it's like a uh, suicide suicidal thoughts may be <laughs> a side effect of taking the drug that's supposed to make you not want to commit suicide anymore
0: it's a different voice
1: it's like going through autotune mm-hmm. with legalization progressing as it is now right um Do you know they say, uh, dude, what is it? Schizophrenia is like regional, right? Like in the West, people who have schizophrenia tend to hear more, uh, they tend to be more like paranoid because the voices in their head tend to be more like negative and aggressive. But in the East, in places like India and China and stuff like that, people who have schizophrenia, the voices in their head tend to be more positive and friendly. Uh, (laughs) oh they sound like they'd be rabbit parties so a lot of it has they're thinking that a lot of the effects of that or how it affects you has to do with the way you were brought up culturally so people who grow up in the west grow up in an environment (laughs) that is more intimidating and more like unsettling to them subconsciously it seems Um, but here have some super weed
0: sure doc let's talk about travel see you (laughs) say
1: super weed and it makes it I truly feel like though we joke right but I feel like joking like that is part of the reason why I feel like people on the right don't take you know psychoactive therapy very seriously right like or or mental health therapy very seriously they're like oh you gotta go pay fucking 455 dollars an hour to talk to a guy about your problems huh somebody that's not gonna judge you buddy you know what you know what your grandpa did judge the fuck out of you (laughs) he came home and he drank two ounces not two ounces he drank whiskey till he fell asleep. And he just forgot about his problems, buddy. That's what he did. And that's why he lived to the ripe old age of 54. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to be a tough, grizzled old man, just like Grandpa Clint... I'm some, the only reason Clint Eastwood is still fucking alive is because he's a fucking a multi-million dollar actor, right? Like, come on, man. Like, let's not pretend like he's he's a duplicitous figure in Hollywood mythos let's not pretend like it's not time to start taking mental health a little bit more seriously and I think that these psychoactive therapies do present much more beneficial evidence than we had originally been taught Right? Like, shrooms aren't just for hippies and burnouts. Weed is not just for hippies and burnouts. Right? Ketamine is not just for ravers. Ecstasy is not just for ravers. Right, Ketamine is not just for horses, apparently. No, it's not. Like, it's actually not. Dude, the... (laughs) There... It's another one of those therapies that are being used to treat depression and PTSD and things like that. And... I, I feel like as we start to look at drugs in a different way, as we move past like the Reagan and Nixon era push on the drug war, right? We can begin because that is what was happening with these drugs before all of that, right? Before Nixon and Reagan really started to villainize the left all of these drugs were being used for these research purposes. LSD, MDMA, psilocybin—all of those drugs were being used as what was it, therapeutic. Ultra? Not wow, wow! And then you bring up MK Ultra, right? Like, no. See, this is the this is the way that the government corrupts these things, right? They they hear about LSD therapy and they're like ooh, I wonder if we can use that to fucking mind control and mind wipe people. (laughs) Because they're using it to, like, because once again, as we said, there is research that has been shown that says that these psychoactive drugs, especially psilocybin, right, can help you develop new neuropathways, right, which can help somebody suffering from PTSD relieve themselves of triggers that would cause them to, you know, relapse into their destructive tendencies, right? Or, you know, the tendencies that cause them to feel insecure. So this is potentially good thing, uh, but like with nuclear energy, right? Where we could right now potentially be powering the entire planet on just like a few nuclear reactors.
0: Russia and New Jersey had to fuck it up for everybody. <laughs>
1: And now, now we can't have nice things because of, you know, fucking Russia, New Jersey. I was going to say Project Manhattan. Uh, like That was wholly reactionary. I just, it just, it sucks, right? Uh, because I do feel like these are potentially useful therapies in an environment where the things that we are currently using are not useful anymore right like people are absolutely abusing these things um but as legalization progresses we are seeing a new forefront being pushed in these areas um but as maryland gets closer to its recreational legalization date ocean city is looking to pass an on-site cannabis consumption license ban um that would see it so that Any business that allows outdoor cannabis use would not be permitted within Ocean City limits. So you can't technically be in Ocean
0: City if you let people smoke the reefer outside.
1: If passed, the legislation would ban licensed businesses which would allow recreational outdoor use uh, from any properties in Ocean City at all. So if you own a
0: business, you can't let people smoke weed outside of
1: it. You cannot operate a business that would promote outdoor recreational use of marijuana. No. And smoking on the boardwalk has been banned since 2015 period. And that includes vaping, right? So you're not allowed to like smoke on the beach or the boardwalk anyway. But businesses operating within Ocean City limits would not be allowed. Um... And it's just, as the mayor claims, it's just Ocean City opting out. Uh, Mayor Rick Meehan says that they're trying to minimize any problems that would be associated with that uh, because they've had issues in the past, but for the health and safety and welfare of the community, they really believe that it is the right position for Ocean City to take in order to remain a family. Destination. <laughs> right. uh Ocean City and Mayor Rick Meehan see themselves as one of the top destination spots for family visits on the East Coast. Uh- <laughs> from people that aren't from Maryland. Yes.
0: <laughs> we do, Marylanders do Ocean City as a day trip. It and it's not Or even, or we have somebody who owns a spot out near there. I was gonna say And they're probably paying bayside prices.
1: It's not and it's not begrudgingly because it's either that or Virginia Beach. I uh Virginia. <laughs> the bill being passed, the recreational bill being passed does allow for jurisdictions like ocean city to say yes or no as far as whether they will allow like outdoor recreational use that's once again outdoor recreational use if you are gonna have your weed bars people not in if you know i don't i mean probably i guess right but yeah as long as you are indoors in a private residence that doesn't mean you can smoke your fucking hotel room up Right, or even smoke out on the balcony of your hotel room. You still have to go hot box
0: your car, people. Now you <laughs> just won't get arrested
1: for it. Yeah, pretty much.
0: That's a weird thing, right? Yeah. That's just a weird thing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Can you imagine just like you're sitting legally in your car, smoking a bowl, cop goes
1: knock knock, knock, you go. <laughs> Did you just crank your window? Yeah, is this fucking... Is this 1996? I'm sorry. Like, you're cranking your window down? I'm imagining myself in
0: days to confuse. Leave, leave me alone. <laughs> is there anything to help you with, officer? Wheels window back up. Because they can't do shit.
1: If you're sitting behind the wheel of a car and the car is running and you're hotboxing your car, I feel like they can totally do something.
0: car's not on. That's why I had manual crank
1: windows. Put the keys in the trunk, people. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, I think moving forward, it would be best to make sure you take your breaks on private property uh, because Ocean City doesn't really want people thinking they can just come and hotbox the beach. But with that being said, I think we're gonna take a quick break and then come back with more hot takes. Welcome back. Speaking Welcome back. of welcoming back, your boy Martin Scorsese back in the news. When did Martin Scorsese become my boy? <laughs> Don't deny it. You know you love. I do love the... Marty. <laughs> you, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> what the voice? <laughs> Martin Scorsese recently debuted his newest flick at Cannes, right? Killers of the Flower Moon. Cannes being the uh, film festival, right? Yeah. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone, uh, is Martin Scorsese's new western true crime thriller about the U.S. murders of the Osage tribe. If I excuse me, if I'm butchering that name, um, in the early 1920s based on the you have to butcher their name mm-hmm. too based on the non-fiction bestseller by David Grann right uh co-written with Eric Roth Scorsese crafts an epic creeping existential horror about the birth of the American century um, through this macabre quasi-genocidal serial killing tale and i am kind of Excited about that? That sounds fucked up, right? No, that doesn't sound fucked up. No, no it's a Scorsese yeah, movie with yeah, Leo and yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah, and You're allowed to be excited. <sighs> um, it it got a standing ovation, obviously, because fucking Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and Lily Penstone. Um <laughs> But Following that, uh, there came a little bit of a blurb that you were excited about, which was Martin Scorsese announcing that he intends to make another movie about Jesus. For starters, he made
0: a movie about Jesus already?
1: yeah you haven't seen the uh so I've seen some of the last temptation of Christ just like how I've seen lots of movies right like I've seen clips and I've seen it playing halfway through and watched maybe like 30 minutes of it and then clicked off cause I was like what the fuck is this um but yes no this would be Martin Scorsese's second movie about Jesus uh the last one being the last temptation of Christ starring Will and Defoe Right. Um, when did that come out? Uh, nineteen eighty-eight. Right. Um, I'll have to watch <clears throat> that. It angered many conservative Catholics for its depiction of Christ, a man torn between God and earthly pleasures. The film included a dream sequence in which Jesus had sex with Mary Magdalene. Oh no! <laughs> so, um. You know, Martin Scorsese be, you know, pushing boundaries. This won't be a Mel Gibson affair, right? Uh, It might be as bloody as a Mel Gibson affair, but it won't be, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, Martin Scorsese has already flown out to the Vatican to meet with the Pope to talk with him uh, about you know the potential workings of the movie um he's excited about it he's not denying it like it's him who said out in the open that this is what he plans to do Martin or the pope are you suggesting that the pope said that Martin Scorsese is going to make a movie about Jesus like the pope is just running around to like TMZ like hey yo Harvey <laughs> i have a message
0: from god <laughs>
1: And by God, I mean the God of Hollywood film, <laughs> Martin Scorsese. He's tired of the Marvel shit. We're going back to the OG franchise. He's like, I get it. We're you're, rebooting. You, you roller coaster. You're you roller coaster rides. We're rebooting. wheel. We're rebooting Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bringing Jesus into the 21st century 2023 version of Jesus
1: before Mark Wahlberg has a chance to do it.
0: Nobody would believe Jesus in 2023 they just say he's really good at editing.
1: Uh, Have you heard that Mark Wahlberg has a faith based production company like a company that makes movies about Jesus? No. Yeah you know because he's trying to show Kevin Sorbo how to do it as a matter of fact he's really Really sticking to it, uh, and so much so that according to a Fandom Wire article, Mark Wahlberg is currently petitioning the U.S. government to give him a hundred and ninety million dollars in tax credits to turn Las Vegas into the new Hollywood baby. What are you gonna do with a hundred and ninety million dollars in Vegas? Mark Wahlberg has approached the Nevada lawmaker or the Nevada government, expressing his desire uh, to turn Las Vegas into Hollywood 2.0, with a package of 190 million dollars annually in tax credits for starting a production business in Las Vegas. A couple of weeks ago, for passing a bill on film production, stating that he's looking to create around like 10,000 jobs with this studio alone right uh so he's pushing like the job creation aspect of this and stating specifically his frustration with Hollywood favoring certain groups of actors and things like that and here's where I'm gonna have to agree with Mark a little bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna agree with like the ultimate mass hole? begrudgingly, and I don't not okay. I don't dislike Mark Wahlberg, right? Like I think there are fair judgments to place I, I on think Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Hilarious, personally. <laughs> I think the idea of him running a faith based production company is absolutely crazy, considering his trajectory, right? Um, but. In this Fandom Wire article, uh, as I said, that it was probably cut out earlier because <laughs> it should be cut out. Futures <laughs> that his wife was like looking to leave Hollywood and move to Florida, and they bought a home. He bought like this uh fucking huge. Oh, what did it say? Like fucking twelve uh point five acre uh oh no excuse me 2.5 acre plot in las vegas right uh, that they moved to instead um so it sounds like there was other shit going on inside of the walberg family but this venture, however looks like it maybe mark really like Addressing something that kind of needs to be addressed at the moment, but for all the wrong reasons, right? Like, after losing the Transformers franchise and just not really being able to maintain a franchise in the last couple of years. Uh, How many
0: Transformers movies was he even in? I think I've only ever seen one with him.
1: I think it was at least two of them. but Was he
0: ever in one with Shia LaBeouf?
1: No, I think Mark came in after the Shia LaBeouf. Uh, After the Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Can we stop referring to Shia LaBeouf? After Shia LaBeouf. No, no, the Shia LaBeouf.
0: (laughs) Anyway. uh, We're now safe from the Shia LaBeouf.
1: (laughs) This is one of those things where I feel like... Mark is right for all the wrong reasons, and I don't know if I trust Mark Wahlberg to be the guy that starts the trust new me, bro. Hollywood.
0: Trust me, bro. I can, You can't keep me cooped up in here, okay? I am a peacock. You gotta let me fly.
1: <sighs> Especially with... And this Phantom Wire article also has a link to another article uh, with the uh, quote unquote Father Flavin uh, Flav- Flavin excuse me, the guy who saved Mark Wahlberg from his drug addiction uh, claims that Mark Wahlberg is the greatest con artist he's ever met uh, so with those two articles being linked together right? as Mark Wahlberg Mark the Wahlberg, guy who
0: got Mark sober
1: yeah uh, is claiming that Mark Wahlberg is the greatest con he's ever met, uh, while Mark Wahlberg is petitioning the Nevada government for $190 million in tax credits to start Hollywood 2.0, something that Tyler Perry has already done in Atlanta. Uh, but, but I'm not here to argue semantics. What I'm here to do is present the articles to you, and what I want to know... Is your opinion Sig, Do you feel like there is a need for a Hollywood 2.0? Do you trust Mark Wahlberg to be the guy to bring that to us? Mark Wahlberg is the ultimate
0: trust me, bro. Bro, <laughs> If you just close your eyes and you think to yourself, trust me, bro. Who do you envision? And how long does it take for you to realize that it's Mark Wahlberg? Damn.
1: <laughs> how long? You
0: can even hear him.
1: Trust me, bro. Well, trust me, bro. I can tell you what's not a great idea is taxing people to get on the freeway. And I want to know how long do you think it's going to be before the L.A. County realizes that they made a terrible decision, right? Uh, And I guess it's not a decision that they're settled in yet, but it's gone viral that L.A. is floating the idea of potentially charging people congestion pricing for commuting on the LA freeway. This cost could depend on how far commuters are driving or, or the entry point from, you know, which neighborhoods or business districts they are accessing or uh, commuting fuck that, from. that, fuck
0: that, fuck all of that. <laughs> fuck next... everything
1: about that. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck,
0: fuck, fuck that.
1: And independent report on the matter from UCLA's Institute of Transportation Studies estimated that a total of 30% of households may be unduly burdened from a freeway tolling in California due to incomes and travel habits, right? And when I saw this article on Instagram, you know what my first thought was? What? Just say... You hate poor people, just say it. Just say you hate poor people. (laughs) God damn it, dude. Like, oh my God. Because who else, right? Like, uh, and I even saw in a different article, right? Uh, In the NBC Los Angeles article, there were advocates for this program who were suggesting the revenue from this program could be used to benefit low-income households in other ways and that there could be don't say
0: if somebody has money they can use it somewhere else
1: and that there would be programs for low-income households to you know help supplement the cost of a freeway toll but it all just seems very beat around the bush when you could just tax rich people right you could literally just cut all of this bullshit by taxing rich people and instead what you're going to do is trick them into paying you money by calling it a freeway toll right because they can't no instead what will happen freeway
0: my ass
1: thanks to capitalism Is an easy pass will pop up that allows people who are benefiting from the system more than others to shortcut their way through the freeway toll right like it'll be like fucking i don't know you pay like 30 dollars a month and you don't have to pay the freeway toll right so once again poor people still fucking suffer because if you can't afford another subscription (laughs) and you don't want to just stop eating avocado toast and watching netflix then yeah no you're gonna have to like pay to like and it and you're already paying Based on some of the statistics that I was looking at earlier, right, like Tom Tom's, uh, the uh, GPS company, right, or the company that makes all those GPSs, right, their statistical average for people taking like a 20-mile commute, and that's back and forth, right, in LA, are spending an average of like close to 500 hours a year in traffic, and like $1,600 a year on gas and that's just on like a two back and forth from work commute and that's 10 miles back and forth that's being pretty generous for (laughs) a commute to work lots of people have to travel a lot further than that to get to work to earn what you would call a quote unquote livable wage right and now we're going to just fucking cut into that even more than LA rents are already cutting into Right? Uh, Because, yeah, lots of people working in L.A. probably can't even afford to fucking live in L.A. Yeah. So, (laughs) let's just say it. Come on, say it with me. We hate poor poor people. people. Yes, yes, guys. Come on now. God damn. It's like fucking Dora. Do you? Yeah, we do too. I think the only thing they may hate more than poor people, millennials and Gen Zers, I think is maybe the only thing they hate as much, if not... What industry are we killing this week? The same as poor people, and I say that because I found another off-the-wall fucking article that suggests we are killing another tradition, and that tradition, this time we're coming for your meal plan that's right baby the traditional three square meals a day thing nah nope according to focus studies millennials we don't want any of that get that shit out of here uh you know what we like millennials and gen zers apparently we're rebelling by swapping out our meals for snacks yep according to <laughs> nick graham the global insight and analytics chief over at um mondell's which is the company behind oreo and ritz brand right uh he told fortune magazine that what we've really seen is they're big snackers and they want variety and diversity i hate everything about this article by the way like Everything about this article pissed me off so much because it all boiled down to, millennials and Gen Z don't have the time to sit down and eat three square meals a day, so they snack a lot. And they want snacks that taste good and are healthy for you. You don't say (laughs) it. That's, no, no bullshit. That's literally how I felt reading this shit. Graham gave examples of limited-edition Oreo packs, which included, you know, Lady Gaga version-themed cookies, and spicy chicken-flavored chips and things of that nature. Products, he said, were designed to offer consumers something familiar, but with a twist to elevate the snacking experience for Gen Z and millennials. We think about them not just as a product, but as a whole consumer experience. Uh, It's, I think... What's as important for this generation isn't just the flavor of the product, but it's the experience. Increasing the interest more as an experiential snack and a novel or exotic flavor. 80% of Gen Z and millennials are open to trying new flavors, right? It's so fucking stupid. It's so fucking out of touch, right? They don't understand that (laughs) the next quote is literally Gen Z and millennials have grown up in a world of choice Graham says what we've seen is their need for snacking is much more diverse (laughs) because we have a broadened horizon of taste. they're acting like we are so demanding (laughs) and we need uh, this like special like artisans like it just I, it, it's let me, let you, here's, here's how this goes
0: when we were kids we always would get to grab something and throw it in the shopping cart and then we would hang out with friends at their houses and they would do the same thing but with for different things so everybody basically would just steal everybody else's pop tarts
1: Graham does acknowledge that due to the busier lifestyles and affordability their choices are, are our choices are different right um a lot of us are working fucking like crazy hours and we don't have time even after fucking the pandemic to sit down and cook three square meals a day like even people who are fitness but like even if you're like if you go on youtube and you look at like the fitness like side of youtube people who meal plan on that side still still have to like be shown how to fucking meal plan affordably and conveniently because most of us just don't have fucking time for that bullshit because of inflation and like high work demand right like our work-life balance is fucking suck right now <laughs> the article goes on to mention how, like, a lot of snacks uh, that are have been popular over the last couple of years have gone viral on TikTok, as if like social media is this driving force in, in uh, our like snacking culture. And, I
0: will say, I was at 7-Eleven the other day, and you know it was right out in front of me on the uh, cash register display, Mr. Beast bees nuts bars.
1: Shut up! I'm not even joking. I. I have, Mr. Beast, these nuts bars. I feel some kind of way about the gentrification of these nuts, but. <laughs> we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, the article goes on to say other bullshit things like they, these younger shoppers are a little bit more demanding because they know they can be. <laughs> and that's how they've grown up. And I think the industry responds pretty well to that. I feel like. That's not how capitalism is supposed to work. Then, then we really need to sit down and have a discussion about what the fuck capitalism is. It's dude. like, look, like, this is
0: the system that's to blame for everything, and we're not even using it to its full potential.
1: I'm just saying, like, this art, like, when I found this Fortune article, it made me feel like the writer was complaining about this shift in the market and every time I see one of these millennials and Gen Z are killing off this industry right they're always complaining about this shift in the fucking market and it's like aren't you all the ones that say oh the market will decide how trends go the market
0: will correct
1: itself except for when that correction goes in a way that you don't like that ends up with millennials and gen z not buying diamonds for fucking wedding rings and shit like that and oh we're letting ties go out of fashion <laughs> like shut the fuck up and now you're mad because you've put us in a position where we have to work all the time and we don't have time to, nobody has time to fucking cook anymore nobody has time to grocery shop that's why we literally have like blue apron <laughs> and fucking hello fresh right like <laughs> So, so now you're mad that we're, like, not even doing that anymore, right? Like, it's, it's like, I don't have time for that. I just need a good, healthy snack, one that'll keep me focused and thriving so that I can complete this task that you've put in front of me, dude. Mr. Beast,
0: D's Nuts Energy Bar. Cage-free eggs full of caffeine.
1: It's so... Tastes like whey protein powder. It is so delusional dude it's so funny to me like oh my god yes we're demanding more from our snacks we're demanding that they aren't just packed full of sugar right and that they have some kind of variety and that they do bring us some kind of like fulfillment that you should get from eating, right? Like when you go out to fine dining, part of that fine dining is the experience that you get along with the tasty food, right? Yep. <laughs> Why can we not ask the same from our snacks? If I'm going to be sitting in my living room, rotting away in my bed, right? Like like a, a good millennial and Gen Z does when we are experiencing self-care, I want adequate snacks for that. <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm just supposed to, like, settle for fucking kettle corn? I'm <laughs> my tired. Man, please not. I'm tired. It's
0: been a long week. So I'm dragging. Been trying to fix my sleep schedule. Maybe this is a little bit of the Ziggy needs therapy. Maybe Ziggy like just needs a break. And, is there anything else we have to talk about?
1: Uh, I was gonna say, I have plenty more to talk about, but Zig being too tired to talk is just another... Example.
0: Uh, none of this is normal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back at you guys in two weeks. Thank you, you all for rocking with us you and we
0: should normalize Find all your Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon matter together in flesh and blood. Card games and five board games at tokenft.com and use the promo code Ziki. And if you use the promo code, you get ten percent off of your order.
1: <sighs> Thank you guys for rocking with us. We really do appreciate it, even when we're feeling a little sleepy, and we'll see you guys in two weeks which will actually be like i guess a month we'll figure it out you you all know the schedule by we'll now. be around you can still hit us up on social media at at the flood pod on everything and
0: that is on everything deuces look it's a flood it's a flood. it's flooding get away quick we need to get to higher ground open the floodgates
1: It's time up. to.